Mark chapter number 5. Somebody say, I'm going to touch Jesus. Amen. We This is a very, very familiar story. These two stories I want to look at today. Uh, what are you willing to do? Look at your neighbor and say, what are you willing to do? Are we willing to get, as Pastor Marcelo said, to get out of our comfort zone? Are we willing to stretch our faith? Are we willing to put forth an effort? Are we just sitting back waiting for something to happen? I just declare to you by faith uh, that at the end of this service, you are going to stretch your faith. You're going to extend your faith. And you are going to receive your miracle. How many have known people, you've worked with people, maybe you have those people in your family uh, who have uh, done things and uh, they didn't really think about what people thought about it or they weren't concerned about uh, protocols or etiquette or, and uh, we kind of look down on them, don't we? We kind of, we, we tell our children, uh, don't, don't be like them, don't, don't do that. And, uh, but I want to talk to you today about two such people who broke social protocols. They broke religious protocols, but it was for a purpose. Listen, when you get desperate enough for a miracle, amen, your etiquette sometimes uh, just goes out the window. Sometimes you get desperate enough that uh, politeness uh, doesn't matter anymore. Sometimes you, you have to do something out of the ordinary. Sometimes you have to do things that will make people talk about you. Oh, but I'm telling you, if you get your miracle, it's well worth it. Can I get a big amen? So we're going to look at these two people. We're going to look at Jairus. We're going to look at the one with the issue of blood this morning. And we're going to start reading uh, in Mark chapter 5 and verse 21. I want to read this whole story. It's a little bit lengthy, but I want you just to listen. Get this in your heart, and then we're going to go and uh, look at some things this morning. Might probably go just a little bit deeper uh, than we normally have on this story, but I hope you get something uh, good today. Mark chapter 5, verse 21. And when Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him and was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come, lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him. I, I was, can I stop there for just ten seconds? Don't be afraid to ask Jesus to go on a journey with you. Don't ask, don't be ashamed to ask Jesus to come home with you. Don't be, a, so many people are afraid to ask because they think that he won't. But I'm here to tell you this morning, Jesus wants to do it more than you want him to do it. He wants to save and heal and deliver and set free. He is just waiting on somebody in faith to ask. So let's just take away fear right now and let's get ready to ask. He said, come home with me and pray. And Jesus went with him. Listen, he'll go with you today. And much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years, had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing bettered. There's some of you here this morning, you've tried everything and you're not any better. You've done everything 
And that relationship is not any better. That marriage is not any better. Those teenagers are not any better. Your job situation is not any better. You've done everything, and this morning you feel hopeless and you want to give up. I'm telling you, today's your day. When she heard that Jesus had came in, she came in and pressed behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. Come on, can you shout that with me? I shall be whole. Come on, today's your day. She said, if today has got to be, and straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and thou sayest, Who touched me? And he looked around about to see her that had done these things. But the woman fearing, everybody say fearing. We'll talk about that a little bit. And trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. Some of you are not telling all the truth this morning. You've got to get it out. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Now I want you just to stop for a moment and think. Here's a man. We're going to talk about this man in just a moment. Desperate for a miracle. And he gets to the man that he thinks and knows can do it. He's heard about him. Maybe he's seen his other miracles. And he is on his way to do what he's been asked to do. And somebody has the audacity to stop him. (laughs) It's my turn, Jesus. You ever felt that way? It's my turn. Why are you blessing them? Why are you doing that? No, 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 don't stop. She can get hers later. I got to get mine right now. Jesus stops and deals with this situation. And while he's standing there, while he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which says, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? It's not fair. It was my turn. If, 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 if Jesus hadn't have stopped and dealt with that lady, As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. Oh, can I tell you this morning, don't be afraid. Somebody didn't steal your miracle. Somebody didn't take your place. Just because somebody else got theirs, uh, you're still in line for a miracle. Come on, somebody say, I'm next. Be not afraid, only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and he seeth the turmoil, and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was coming, he said to them, Why make ye this ado, and weep? 
The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with him. And he entered into where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand and said, Talitha kumi, which is being interpreted damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked. For she was of the age of 12 years. And they were astonished with a great astonishment. And he charged them straightly that they should, that no man should know it. And commanded that something should be given her to eat. Somebody say, I'm next. My miracle's almost here. Oh, come on, let's, let's, let's just talk just a moment. Let me give you some foundation about Jarius. Jarius, this man, this, the, he, remember, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes, they didn't get along with Jesus. They were at odds. He has come in and now he is, he is, seems like to be making a mockery of all of their teachings and their, 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 uh, the order that they're doing things in. He's causing a ruckus. He's healing. And saving and delivering and casting out devils and all the stuff that they're supposed to be doing but are not. He's making them look bad. And they're always trying to trap him with his words and they're, they're, they're on their way to kill him. And, and Jarius here, the Bible says, is a ruler of the synagogue. He's not just a church attendee. He's a ruler. He is one of the ones that should be against Jesus. And he is the one falling at his feet saying, you have to heal my daughter. Sometimes you don't care about your position. You don't care about what people think about you in the community. When you're desperate enough, when it's your 12-year-old laying, dying, when religion hasn't fixed it, when people can't fix it, there's only one person that you can come to and his name is Jesus. Jairus' primary, primary function was to instruct people in the law. It was his duty. There was a, so he was to select the readers or teachers in the synagogue. We see Jesus in Luke 4 when Jesus stood to read in the synagogue. It was a person like Jairus that made sure Jesus received the book he was looking for. It was up to him to examine the discourse of the public speakers. He had to listen to what they were saying and make sure they were teaching according to the law. Now, this wasn't just anybody. He had position. Jairus was not going to have somebody teach that wasn't going to follow protocol. He wasn't going to have somebody get up that was going to start causing trouble. So knowing the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes were against Jesus, knowing that he was a ruler, he risked his entire life, career, standing to come to Jesus. But he needed a miracle. Sometimes 
you've got to stop worrying about what people think. What's I worrying about? Do, do, do they see me cry? What does my hair look like? What do I look like when I'm praying? Who cares when you get desperate enough? Listen, when you've got enough money in the bank, you can give him a, a, a sweet praise. When you've got a healthy child and a good marriage, when you've got a job to go to every day, you can say a sweet hallelujah. But when you're desperate and you need a miracle, sometimes you've got to get an ugly praise. Sometimes you've got to cry a little bit. Sometimes, amen, you've got to lift your voice. Sometimes you've got to break protocol to get your miracle. I want you to think about what Jarius gave up. I mean, he's about to lose his position. Amen. Relationships, friendships, they can find him guilty of heresy and have him killed. Oh, but he loved his daughter. Anybody love your children? A couple of you. <laughs> the rest of you must have teenagers. Send them to Pastor Elias. Send them to Hazak. Pastor will straighten them out. Hallelujah. They need to go. It, it is a life-changing thing. You get, get signed up today. Listen, you got to see the picture. Hey, man, you, you have children, you know what it's like. Hey, man, when your child is sick, you know what it's like to be desperate. You know what it's like. Hey, man, you're, you're going to run to Jesus, tears flowing down your face. Hey, man, you're going to elbow people. Hey, man, you're not worried about what people think or saying. Hey, man, he failed. Hey, man, that is not, you, you didn't do that in public. You're not going to fall down hey, and, and, and worship this person you're supposed to be against. But when you're desperate, between the sniffles and the tears, Jesus, you got to heal my daughter. She's my only one. She's my baby girl. I have a baby girl. She just turned 25 this week. I don't know how that's possible. Seems like we just had her. We were just dedicating her to the Lord. But he was thinking, I'm not going to get opportunity. I'm not going to get to walk her down the aisle. I'm not going to have any grandbabies. My baby is laying sick. And she, he didn't know if she was going to die or not. He just knew Jesus could solve. He had heard the stories. No doubt he might have been in the crowd one day when he was supposed to be there listening to what this man is saying. And he's gathering information for the scribes. And he might have been there secretly trying to get something against him. But what he saw was a man with compassion and love laying hands on the sick and they recovering. And he said, I've got to get this man, Jesus, to my house. Please. And I'm telling you, you don't have to beg Jesus. He wants to. He loves you. You're his child. He died for you. Amen. In your mother's womb, he knew you and formed you and called you by name. And he is just waiting on you to cry out to him. He's ready to do a miracle today in your body, in your mind, in your emotions, in your health, in your relationships. He's just waiting on somebody that'll say, I must touch him. They're on their way. He's excited. I've got his attention. I've got this made the miracle worker. And we're on our way to my house. And suddenly Jesus stops. Something happened. Jesus said, I, 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 I felt my nature, virtue. I, 
I felt something in, in, in my spirit release. I, I, I felt strength go out of me. I, I, I felt healing flow out of me. I, I, somebody has touched me. And the disciple says, are you crazy? Who touched you? Everybody touched you. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about a Sunday morning touching. I'm not talking about a little hallelujah. I'm not talking about just showing up to be seen. I'm talking somebody touched me in desperation. Somebody touched me in faith. Somebody touched me. And it was their only choice. Only chance. It was different than the crowds. I know what the crowds, I felt them bushing and brumping. There's going to be people going to go home and they're going to brag. I touched Jesus. Jesus walked by and I touched his shoulder. Me and Jesus are friends. I bumped him in a crowd. Can I tell you this morning, Jesus didn't know their name. He didn't know who they were. He didn't stop for them. But somebody stopped him in his tracks. Are you desperate this morning enough to stop him in his tracks? Are you willing? Is your faith strong enough today? Amen. To call something to be released from heaven and flow into you that will change you forever. Hallelujah. Woo! I got a new clock and I think it's going faster. Slow that thing down. I got a lot of pages to go. And this woman touches Jesus. I bet Jarius wanted to slap that woman. Get on out of here. It's my turn. Why, how dare you interrupt our mission? But listen, I don't care what Jesus is doing. He's still will make time for you. You are important to him. He loves you. Oh, it was Mary, amen, that hung around saying, where have they taken him? And it was Mary that Jesus whispered her name. He said, don't tell, I got to go back to heaven. But he had time to stop. Talk to a woman that was heartbroken and give her a message to share with the rest of the disciples. Listen, he'll stop and take time for you this morning. Do you think it's a coincidence that this woman came at this time with Jairus there? Jairus didn't know that his daughter was about to die. He knew she was sick. He needed something to stir his faith. And he's about to see the one that he has entrusted his daughter's life with. He's about to see a miracle up close and personal. Sometimes God will allow things to happen around you to build your faith. This woman with this issue of blood comes. The word in, in, in verse 25, the, the word woman uh, comes from the Greek word. It actually means a wife. I, I want us to just look at this situation just a little bit closer than we normally look at it, at this issue of blood, because there's more going on than just a physical sickness. When it comes to the issue of blood, we find in, in Leviticus chapter 15, in verse number 19, I'm sorry, it says, And if a woman have an issue, and her issue in, in, in her flesh be blood, she shall be put apart seven days, and whosoever toucheth her shall be unclean until the even. So when we're talking about this morning the issue from the womb, an uh, uh, issue at the center of life. 
verse 21 through verse 27, we see that anything that touches her, touches her bed is unclean. If a person touches her clothes, they're unclean. If she sets on something, it has to be washed. If her husband is intimate with her, he's unclean for seven days. Everything she touches during this issue of blood is unclean. So let's, let's, just, let's just get this picture for a moment. Here's this woman that's had this situation. Now, now today, uh, I, I don't know what it was, but it, it could have been ovarian cancer, cervical cancer. Uh, it could have been any types of things. Today, we just always oh, go to the doctor and have surgery. They didn't have that option back then. Now, the Bible says she had already been to the physicians and she had spent all of her money, yet she grew worse. Can I tell you this morning, sometimes we do everything we know how to do and we just get worse. We just mess things up more. We try. We're trying everything and we're we're, we're putting some effort, but sometimes we get to the point there's no other answer but Jesus. Isn't it amazing how sometimes we wait and let Jesus be the last answer? He should be the first one. Amen? But here we, we see this woman. Let's pick up verse number 28. Uh, verse says, But if she be cleansed of her issue, then she shall number her days seven days, and then she shall be clean. On the eighth day, we know the, 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 the number eight in Scripture is new beginnings. How many is ready for a new beginning? Come on. Uh, said, listen, she would take two turtle doves or two young pigeons and bring them to the priest. And uh, she would make that offering. And the Bible says the priest shall offer the one for the sin offering, the other for a burnt offering. And the priest shall make an atonement for her before the Lord for her issue of uncleanness. Twelve years. What's that mean? Twelve years she hasn't been able to have any contact with her friends. Because nobody wants to be unclean. You you can lose friends fast when you get sick. You get a little coronavirus, get a little cough or a little sneeze. And I'm just like, it's like the water's parting. If you need to get to the front of the line, just get in the line and start coughing. And everybody will move out of your way. And if you don't have a mask on, Lord help you, you're in trouble. She hadn't had any friends. She hadn't had any contact with relationships. She, she couldn't call them. She couldn't text them. She got no likes on Facebook. Nobody likes anybody that's unclean. I see some of y'all's posts. They're unclean too. I can't even like them. Like, man, I'd like to like that, but... She, listen, listen, she had to minimize contact with her husband. She's had no relationship. Because if so, now she's made him unclean. And then when you're unclean, you got to tell everybody. Now, how embarrassing is that? So everywhere she went, she would have to announce that and tell everybody. If you're, if you're one of her girlfriends, you, you, you don't want to go to her house. Her husband won't let her come to your house because now you're unclean for seven days. He's like, don't go see that lady. So you, now you've lost your close relationships. You can't touch your husband. You can't hug your children. But she heard. Everybody say she heard. Jesus. Jesus. Oh, we whispered that name this morning. She heard that name. Jesus is coming. 
Jesus, the one that's been raising the dead, the one that's been healing the sick, the one that's been casting out devils. I've tried everything else. I, 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 I know I'm not supposed to go in public. I know I'm not supposed to touch people. Because listen, if you touched a person on purpose without telling them you were unclean, you could be stoned. So now then she's going through a crowd. She's touching people. She's making un- people unclean on purpose. She runs the risk of death. But when you're desperate, sometimes protocols go out the window. Because she said, what the scriptures say? She said within herself, if I can but touch. Is anybody here this morning want to touch Jesus? Anybody need a miracle? Is anybody unclean in your spirit, in your mind, in your soul? You need a cleansing that can only come from Jesus. Listen, think about it. The crowd's in and she's, she's twisting and going. She may, she may be crawling at times. She's touching. And, and she, she wasn't looking for attention. She, did, she didn't get far off and make a scene. She just simply makes her way in. And she reaches out. And she just touches the hem of his garment. And Jesus stops. I felt something. It's interesting. Of course, we know how Jesus works. First of all, the Bible says when she touched him, immediately. Everybody say immediately. Immediately, the fountain of her blood dried up. Amen. Went to the very root cause, and a miracle happening. And she's clean, and she's she 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 doesn't just think I'm gonna go home and see how what how I feel in a week or a month. Listen, she knows something's happened. She touches him, and no doubt she shrinks back, hiding in the crowd. Jesus stops and he's dealing with her. And it's amazing uh, how, how, what he, he called it a plague. So it's interesting that he, they, they use the scripture, use that, that word, because that word is it's an old word that people use when they believe that the affliction was a curse of God. See, somebody, sons, nowadays we would look at it and say, well, that's just this or it's that. But back then, they, they, people would say, oh, no, you, you must have done something bad. <laughs> Remember the man, who, who, who sinned, him or his parents? And Jesus said, neither one. And we look at people that's having bad things happen in their life. And if we're not careful, we'll say, well, I wonder what they've been doing. We think it's a curse of God. Interesting, he used this. This one, and it, because in her mind, she's no doubt thinking, I, I must be cursed. God must hate me. I, I must have done something. And, and Jesus, knowing that, that, that something has happened, that something has left, he, that he's been touched, and he used the word virtue. In the Greek, it, it, it's dunamis. It means strength or power or ability, inerrant power, power residing in something by virtue. It, it's, it's very nature. Oh, can I tell you this morning? It's in his nature to heal you. Amen. It's not something he does. It's who he is. He doesn't save you because it's something he does. He is a savior. And it's just what he does. He saves and he delivers and he heals and he baptizes in the Holy Ghost. And he is coming back to get me. Can I get an amen? Are you ready? 
Woo! Verse 33. This woman, now, man, she, she's, she's scared. I was hoping to just, just touch him and, and nobody would even know I'd been there. But now Jesus is going to make a scene. And the Bible says that, that the woman comes fearing and trembling. Why was she fearing and trembling? Well, I just told you why. She was unclean. By law, she could be stoned because she touched other people and made them unclean. It was embarrassing. But you know what the Bible says? She came and she told him all the truth. Some, 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 Some of you are coming down to this altar line. You're not telling him all the truth. You're not telling him how you really feel. You're not telling him all about your brokenness. You're not telling him, amen, how you've been ostracized from your family. I can't have my friends. I can't touch my husband. I can't hug my kids. I'm desperate. I've just spent all my money. I don't know what's wrong. It's a curse of God. And then I heard, and she just told him everything. Some of you, stop holding back. I'm telling you, Jesus can handle your truth. He can handle what's going on. You just need to pour your heart out and tell him all about it. You'll feel better when you get it all out. She tells him the truth, admitting what she's done. And she's touched people. And she admits that, she, I wanted to touch you so bad. I just knew if I could touch you, I would be healed. I want you to notice what Jesus didn't do. What we think he would have done. Jewish rabbi, the son of God. Ma'am, don't you know I'm on my way to this man's house to do a miracle? How dare you stop me? Ma'am, how dare you touch me in your condition? You're unclean. And now you've made everybody unclean. Guards arrest her. See, that's, that's, that's why we're afraid to come in the altar and tell the truth. Because we think God is going to make fun of us or make light of us or condemn us. Oh, that's not the Jesus we serve. He's a loving, kind healer. He didn't do any of those things. Amen. He didn't amen, just, just bring down judgment on her. I want you to look at This verse 34. And he said unto her. Now remember Jesus is all about relationship. See Christianity is not religion in the fact that it's not a bunch of rules of do's and don'ts. We we are in relationship with Jesus Christ. And Jesus says. Daughter. Somebody needs to hear this this morning. You're the daughter of the Most High God. You're precious in His sight. He loves you. He knows the issues that are coming from the very core of life itself. He knows what's going on on the inside. And He loves you. Thy faith hath made thee, somebody say it with me, whole. What's whole? Come on, it's the opposite of broken. 
Somebody's broken today. Your heart's broken. Your spirit's broken. Your body's broken. But Jesus wants to make you whole. He wants to put you back together. When you're, when, when, when you're broken, you're just half yourself. You're half what God, even if not less than that. But when God puts you back together, come on, you're whole. He makes you whole. And Jesus said, thy faith hath made thee whole. And this is very important. Go in peace and be whole from thy plague. Come on, I know what you've been thinking in your mind. This is my fault. I must have done something. God must hate me. I'm being judged. Come on. Come on. That's a, that's a plague. That's a lie of the devil. This is not a curse of God. Listen, you go in peace. You don't have to worry about somebody coming and stoning you because you because what you did. Yes, you broke the law. But I'm here to tell you, I am. You have come to the high priest. And I am pronouncing upon you today, you are clean. You're whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Come on, this, this, this sentence, according to the law, would be, it'd be carried out right then. Should have been taken and stoned. But come on, God said, Thank you, thank you, Luke. Thank you. Jesus tells the woman, go in peace. Daughter, go in peace. Go into rest. Your body can rest. Your body is whole. You no longer have an affliction. Amen. You, you can rest today from your mental uh, anguish and your mental battle. And you don't have to worry about going to no doctors anymore. Come on, you can start putting your money towards something good. Because you don't have to go spend it on doctors anymore. You are whole. And while... He's doing this great miracle. And while he's overridden the law, while he's touched this woman, all this has been done, Jarius is standing there. He's seeing it, but he's antsy. Come on, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go. And then somebody slips in the crowd and says, Hey, Jarius, don't, don't bother Jesus anymore. Your daughter's dead. I want you to think about those words. Your daughter is dead. As a parent, how would that make your heart feel? No parent wants to hear those words. Well, I mean, in prayer for my, my, my brother-in-law's family, his cousin was the one that this week, the little seven-year-old boy, a worker had come over to the house, and for some reason the little boy lay in front of the truck, and the guy didn't know it, and he came, got in his truck, and drove over him, killed him. No parent should have to experience that. Our prayers go out to that family today. We're asking for peace and healing. More children die in their own driveways than anywhere else, usually from parents or siblings. But this is it's a horrible. No parent wants to hear those words. And here's his 12-year-old daughter now. Jesus has been delayed, and she's dead. Jesus heard. Oh, can I tell you this morning, Jesus hears everything. He hears your whispers. He hears when the devil whispers in your mouth. Don't bother Jesus. You're hopeless. Don't, don't bother Jesus. You, you're, you, you've gone too far. Don't bother Jesus. Somebody else took your miracle. Don't bother Jesus. Come on. The devil is a liar. Jesus hears those whispers. And immediately he turned around and he spoke to him. And he said, fear not. Don't allow fear. I want us to look at two things real quickly in this story. 
as we finish up Jairus. I, no, 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 doubt, no doubt Jairus is grieving. They get to the house, finally. And there's people weeping and wailing just like anybody would with a 12 year with any child, anybody. I've been at the bedside of literally hundreds of people and I've never seen anybody smiling going, well, thank God they're dead. No, it's heartbreaking to lose a loved one, a family member. Oh, even when we know they're saved, even when we know they're in heaven, it's still heartbreaking. But here's a 12-year-old daughter and people are weeping and wailing and no one is more hurt or distraught or destroyed than Jarius, this father that went seeking the answer. But it didn't seem to work. Jesus speaks. I I love what Jesus did. First of all, he put them all out. There are some people you just need to put out. There are some people you need to put out of your life. They're lying. They're, they're, They're crying. They're whining. They're doubting. They're pouting. They're putting depression on you. Amen. They're, 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 they're telling you all the things that are negative and what can't be. I'm telling you, put those people out of your life and get people in your life that will speak faith. Jesus said, she's not dead. She's just asleep. All you weeping and wailers, get out of here. And he took his disciples and he took mom and dad. And they went to her room. Jesus speaks to this girl. She's gone. Jesus said the same thing about Lazarus. Everybody said, he's dead. Jesus said, oh, he's just sleeping. Oh, but Lord, he's been sleeping four days. He stinks. He's taking a long nap. Isn't that how God sees death for his saints? Precious is the eyes of the Lord, the death of his saints. Listen, amen, no matter if you're in the ground, you're just asleep. And one day the trump of God is going to blow and the dead in Christ will rise first. We're just, it's just a nap. He gets down and he takes the girl by the hand. And he says, daughter, arise. And she opens her eyes. And just like any good miracle worker would do. When she sat up and opened his eyes, he said, Mama, go get that girl something to eat. It'll make you hungry being dead. I remember my dad, apparently he died or almost died and he saw a clock when he, what time he was going to die and uh, he kept telling us about that clock and where the hand was and he kept telling, the nurse would come in and turn the light off. He said, turn that light back on. I need to see that clock. And he kept watching that clock. And that day, it went past that, and he didn't die. And he woke up, and he looked at me. He said, it's hard to die. <laughs> yes, sir. But that night, when that hand got back to where he saw, he took his last breath and went to heaven. So he knew, he looked at, he, my mom was at the hospital. I've been home. Doctor said, he's fine, he's good, going to rehab. And mama said he was sitting over there and he did like that. She said, where are you going? He said, heaven. Oh, but listen, even when you know, even when you're ready, even when everything is perfect, it still breaks your heart. We're going to see him again. But this separation, this father, This woman, they broke all the rules. They did what other people wouldn't do. There's a lot of people that had rather go to the funeral 
than they would make a fool of theirself and go to Jesus. Because what if? What if he don't do it? What if he don't care? What, 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 what will people think about me? Listen, you'll get to the point to where you're so desperate, you won't care. And you too will get in the crowd. You too will make your way to the hem of his garment. You too. Jill, would you come to the piano? You too will seek out Jesus. Risk career. Risk relationships. You'll risk it all for a miracle. Are you there today? Are you, are, are you still at the point to where you go, oh, you know, I think I'll check another doctor. I, I think I'll get a third or fourth opinion. I, I'm, not, I'm not to the place that I, I'll make all that scene. Well, then probably you're not going to get that miracle today. But if you're at the point to where you say, I've tried everything else. I don't care what people think about me. I don't care if they see tears coming down my eyes. I don't care if they see me take a Kleenex and have to wipe my nose a bunch of times. I don't care what, because all I know is I need a miracle. I need to touch Jesus. I haven't sang this song or thought about this song in so long, and I was walking around the church this morning just singing this song. And as I sing, if I can remember the words... If you're desperate, if you want to touch Jesus, maybe it's for you, maybe it's for your children, maybe it's for a relationship, maybe, I don't know what it's for, but you know that's the answer. Maybe it's for a habit or an addiction. Maybe it's for sin in your life that you you just, if I touch him, if I confess, I know he'll forgive me. I know he'll heal my relationship. I, I know he'll touch me physically, whatever it is. As I sing, if that's you, I want you to get out of your seat. Come stand in this altar somewhere. And I'm going to pray over you in just a moment. We're going to reach out and touch Jesus in faith today. Can I get a big amen? Oh, praise the Lord. Let me get a drink real quick. Oh, could you stand with me today? Just stand to your feet. Let's worship. If you need a miracle, would you come? A woman. Tried many physicians, yet grew worse. So to Jesus she came. Oh, but when the crowds tried to resist her, she just whispered these words through. In Jesus is all that really matters. What matters to you today? Oh, then my life will never be the same. There is only one way to touch Him. It's just believe. When you call on His name Oh, I was bound When I knelt at that altar But they told me Jesus could meet all of my needs 
And when this prisoner, I reached out and touched Jesus. He set me free. Oh, praise the Lord. I'm free indeed. Oh, come on, reach out to him today. Touching Jesus is all that really matters. And your life will never be the same. There is only one way to touch Him. It's just believe when you call on His name. Father, today we're standing in Your presence. We're in that crowd. We're in that group. There's people all around. We're in a sanctuary full of people. And no one knows of my desperation. No one knows what I've been dealing with and what's going on inside of me. But today, I believe that you are my answer. And I desperately need to touch the hem of your garment. And I believe by faith today, if I touch you, I will be made whole. I know that you love me. I know that you're able. And right now, I believe that you will. So in the name of Jesus, come on everybody say, Jesus, I stretch out my faith and my hand and I touch the hem of your garment. Right now, let healing virtue flow from your body, flow from heaven. Let miracles, strength, peace, Joy, healing, prosperity, deliverance flow out of you and into me. Thank you. My problem has to go. My sickness has to go. In Jesus' name, I am healed. I am whole. Father, in the name of Jesus, I declare across this crowd and into every home, in the name of Jesus, you are healed. You're forgiven. You're cleansed. You're delivered and saved and set free. And in the name of Jesus, go in peace. Your faith has made thee whole. Come on, somebody just lift your hands and begin to thank him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for my miracle. Thank you for my deliverance. Thank you for my salvation. Thank you for that fresh touch from heaven today. I receive it. Oh, come on, somebody say that name one more time. Jesus. Come on, give Jesus a big hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.